You need to help the Grinch better, buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, it's John. Hello. And James. Hello. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week. What is the best Grinch film, and why? There is a right answer. Well, according to the box office, it's the recent Benedict Cumberbatch animated one. Because it's the highest grossing film of all time, apparently. But, uh. What? <laughs> what? That's Pete Avatar? Not, there's... Sorry, the highest grossing Christmas movie of all time. There we what? go. What? Um... Uh, my mistake. I learned that at trivia at my company's Christmas party last night. Nice. That's fun uh, trivia. But I would say the live action Jim Carrey one, probably. So John's kicked off the show. James, do you stay or go? I am going to say <laughs> I, I have to go with the classic um, animated one from like the 60s or whatever. James I think gets to stay. I, I'm a fan of hand-drawn animation. I And to be fair, I did not grow up with the live-action Grinch. I've only seen it all the way through once. Um, although I will say it has it is it has some great lines in it. So, um, Holy shit. Dude, this Grinch, this, this, so the 2018 Grinch made $512.9 million. That is insane. Well, it was done by the people who did Minions, so. Illumination, yeah. And they're like, they've really figured out a way to do animation like cheaply where it still looks like passable. And, uh, yeah. Oh my God. I credit where it's crank it out. Yeah, Uh, seriously. uh, Get on them. My favorite Grinch is same as James, the 2D animation OG popping, knock it out in a half hour Grinch. Um, I I'm sorry for my vitriol, John. My th- main reason against the Jim Carrey one is just for whatever reason they decided it needed to have an adult tone to it. Like, mm-hmm. which like I guess is fine, but at the same time, it's also kind of like okay. It's I don't gotta wanna... grow up sometime, RJ. They do, but when I'm watching my Christmas films with the family, I don't want to have to worry about, like, little Jimmy asking me about the, the adult jokes in there, you know? And the abandonment issues and the childhood yeah. trauma of being laughed at because you're different. Those are important discussions to have, RJ. Like, the Grinch didn't need a backstory. The Grinch's backstory is, he's the dude who lives on the mountain and is a hermit, and once a year this town makes too much noise for him. Yeah, but that, like, he can't have a good redemption arc if you don't know where he's coming from. Why does he need to be redeemed? Because he, isn't he always? I would argue it's not a matter of redemption, right? Because he, to redeem someone implies that they have fallen. That they have failed in some way. But he never failed. He never started where they were at. He never was at their standard. He had no idea. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like someone... Handing someone a test on a chemistry class when they haven't taken the class yet. They're gonna fail. But then he got the education. And then he was like, oh, I get it now. 
I fucked up. But also, I didn't know any better. They're going to fail even more when society shuns them and makes them live up on a mountain by themselves because they're green. But that's not. <laughs> we never know that's why he's there. That's what the, the best cringe movie implies. That's what they, so, they, so they didn't even come out and say it. They just imply it. Meanwhile, the 2D animated Grinch, maybe it's his choice. They don't tell you. He chooses to live on that mountain. Because the, the Who's don't turn him away. It's not like they see him and are like, oh god, it's the Grinch running for your lives. They're literally just like, oh, hey. Come on in. Join us. I've got the book right here in front of me. Let oh, me damn. leak through this really quick to see. James is going if... back to the text. Yeah. The, <laughs> the it's, primary. It's the Bible right there. This is scripture right here. The primary source. <laughs> the sacred texts. Um, sacred texts. Yeah, okay, here we go. So it starts out every who down in Whoville like Christmas a lot. But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. Interesting. Mm. So implying that there is, a, it could be his head, which that wasn't screwed on right. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. So... Speculation. So he had a medical condition. To... <laughs> <laughs> the Grinch had a medical condition, and the he only cure was more Christmas. He was in chronic heart pain because Yo, his heart was just too small. You know that guy with the congenital heart defect who lives by himself on the mountain? I think he's stealing my Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you guys? Did you hear about the guy who moved into the cave on the mountain? Yeah, it was really sad. I mean, I wish we could do more, but our healthcare system down in Whoville just isn't that great. We only have the one doctor, and he's swamped as it is. And he's really only a pediatrician, so it's not like he can do anything for the guy. <laughs> oh, that's I was going to make some bread and take it over, but I don't know where... I don't know how to, like, get to his house. Like, is is there a path up the mountain, or... Maybe if he comes down have, into town for, like, some groceries, I, I can give it to him then. Just have no idea. Does he live alone? Well, okay, so oh, no, 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 he's got, his, he's got his emotional support animal with him. He's fine. So this, this I mean, to to degree, it's, it's implied contextually that it, regardless of reason, it is his isolation in uh, contrast with the community of Whoville that he finds... Uh, that that drives him to uh, uh, try and wipe out the Christmas season. I would um, posit a rephrasing that it's his lack of integration into the community. <clears throat> well, I think... You don't know I, that he's originally yeah. from Whoville. He just lives in No, Whoville. no, no. I, this is, like, I agree. I think in it's somewhat redemption, but I think ultimately the story is just about two uh, contrasting viewpoints, like, coming to an understanding of each other, right? Like, uh, they, much like John and I could do right now. Do they though? Or is wow. the Grinch solely 
subsumed by the rival culture. See, now that is the question. <laughs> is the Grinch is is this yet another example of a story where the only way to be yourself is actually to be as subsumed as John eloquently put it into the culture. Actually, yeah. You just reminded me of an interesting article I read the other day about counterculture and how they did a study and there is there is data to back it up as to why whenever people go hipster, they just conform to a new group. Like they found that using hipsterism and data trends, that there's almost like a balance between the like mainstream group and the hipster group, hipster being whatever the out group is. And at a certain point, there will be a shift of people towards the hipster group from the mainstream group, which then makes the hipster group mainstream and the people who want to be counterculture start jumping ship back the other way. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with this. I, but I like, don't we, we knew it as like a, we knew it as like yeah. something we saw. It was just they had like, oh, here's data to back it up. I oh, I think too. I mean, there's yeah, there's arguments for. I would actually make the argument that, for instance, with like. Um, I don't always, I don't really like to use this word a lot, but I will use it for the sake of academic discussion here. Um, oh. Nerd culture. I don't Why think don't something like can, because um, I think like the word nerd can be thrown around a lot. And like nerd is kind of, it's almost kind of like, kind of like punk where you shouldn't be like happy to be called it to a degree. Like, I think people take a lot of pride in it, but ultimately like, I think the point of being like a nerd is partially being a, on the fringe of like a social group. Like you're almost somewhat of a social outcast. And that's what makes like true nerd, like culture, like kind of cool uh, in a weird way, uh, ironically, which is like why I would say that when something from nerd culture becomes accepted by mass culture, it stops being uh, nerd culture and becomes something else. I believe the term you're searching for is pop culture. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it well, it like, it's weird because it still has the DNA or it has like the mark of like nerd, like it's like origin, but it doesn't, it no longer resembles it in kind of like the function it performs. So you're, you're kind of reminding me of an article I read that I hated. Oh, um, I'm sorry. A couple, no, it's okay. It's not your fault, really. But like four or f- five years ago, I read a um, Polygon article where a guy was just like, "Nerd culture needs to implode. It's gotten too popular. There's too many people interested in Dungeons and Dragons and, and Marvel movies. It needs to implode and fraction off so that there are people who like." Don't nobody knows what's cool and it's all fringes and like I don't like that my stuff is popular. I don't like that people like my stuff. Yes, gatekeeping is always cool. Yeah, there's basically <laughs> just an article trying to gatekeep being nerdy, and I was like, "Hey, dude, like if people don't enjoy the stuff, though, it's not going to continue to exist. So, like, fuck off." That's tr- no, you that's just fair. get more of it now because people make more money off of it. But is it the same thing? Is it the same thing if it gets like all that attention so, or it, it, it's no. kind of like, it's not, it's, it's kind of like punk, right? Like Here's punk started thing. in. Yeah. I, I would pause. I would put forth as the example, Star Trek. Star mm-hmm. Trek is, has, and always will be nerdy because you can mm-hmm. dig super in depth into Picard versus Kirk 
versus um, Riker versus the dude who was captain before Picard and now, has now finally gotten his own series versus Cisco versus Janeway. And there's Deep Space Nine and Voyager and Prodigy and animated and live action movie versus show and books and expanded universe. But it's popular enough that there's like two or three concurrent Star Trek TV series right now that are all happening. Mm-hmm. So like, it's it's maintained a good balance between being popular <clears throat> and getting that input and involvement from the popu- from like general population, while also still maintaining maintaining enough DNA of what made it nerdy in the first place to perpetuate the nerd culture. It's, it's fair, like I guess. IP. <laughs> I um, I think like I don't know. I I agree with that. I do. I just think like a hallmark of like nerd, quote unquote, nerd culture, especially or perhaps really any vibrant subculture. I guess is like it's the fact that um, because it does not ostensibly receive popular recognition, and in sometimes even receives pushback from popular culture um in terms of its acceptance like that creates a sort of um barrier to entry and that makes like the people who truly enjoy it like it makes that enjoyment not more meaningful than anybody else's but something else because they're persevering in their enjoyment or passion of a subject even though they're not being like a sensibly rewarded for it by the you know the like the structure as a whole Mm -hmm. which is i think what like kind of a core part of like nerd culture and the minute it begins receiving that validation it debatably stops becoming that original thing that that or that core falls away to a degree i guess but i think it also i think it also requires uh figuring out where your locus of validation comes from uh, right now, it sounds like you're coming from an external lo- validation of you, it, it, it's only valid if you're getting that external acceptance, acknowledgement, uh, reward, etc. Whereas mm-hmm. in my experience and understanding of a lot of hobbies and not even just nerd interest, but interest in general, being interested in something, if you don't have an internal validation for it, you don't just find the reward in the task itself or in your own personal growth for it you won't get anything. You won't get as much out of it. Um, Yeah. Case in point, fishing. I don't fish. I don't like fishing. I don't want to get hit in the head with a hook or get a hook in my finger. It's painful. I don't want to risk it. And frankly, if I'm going to sit in a boat, I'm just going to sit in a boat and read. But the difference in fishing and ice fishing and bow fishing and the entire depth underneath the surface of sit on lake and fish, you're not gonna get validation from the outside world for it because, like, beyond fishing, the next thing anybody might ask is, like, oh, ice fishing? And then once you get past that, they're like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. Like, no one's gonna validate your experiences with fishing unless you do it yourself. Could you, like, could you say, though, then, like, um, 
because I that's I guess that's kind of what I'm what I'm saying is that like the people in like this quote unquote original culture, they have that internal sense because they don't require an external sense of validation. And then when there is a, a external validation that is being more directly channeled into it, um, either on like a medium or a large scale, it sort of inflates that cultural interest into something um, like massive and somewhat like removed from that original core group of people who pursued it for the sake of itself. Cause now you're going to get just masses of people who like inhabit that space and mm. they may just be people who are certain kind of wearing the colors of the day. And when that changes, it's gone, which again, if you're passionate, it doesn't really matter. And you get to reap, the rewards, I suppose, anyway, but there is, I think there is a question to sort of that, that, like how it, how that changes, you know? Yeah. I don't think it's nearly as damaging though. Yeah. Like, I think, I think you like, I think your, your point about the internal motivation is like, well put and like, if you're truly dedicated to it, you, you won't really, mind you know who's into it or who's not like you'll you'll still enjoy what you enjoy because you enjoy it and you've always enjoyed it and you you probably always uh always will which i find personally admirable i think, I think it's just a fascinating sort of sociological thing i think part of it too is the uh every time it gets that huge influx of shallow interest so to speak if we're like <clears throat> Using a body of water as the example, you got the middle of the lake, deep, like people really into it, and then you get that shallow level of expansion when it hits the popular zeitgeist, but when you hit that thing and it recedes away out of the zeitgeist, you still have more people in the hobby than before, or in the interest group than before. Case in point, I, with like, the Fallout franchise, the first three Fallout games were top-down, 2D, isometric, not even remotely... Like, you'd be hard-pressed to believe that the first Fallout game had anything to do with, like, Fallout 4. But... Fallout, Fallout 3 was very, like, Fallout 4. Uh, yes, but Fallout Tactics came first. Okay. Nerd! <laughs> Point uh, rescinded. But in doing... Because of Fallout 4 and like Fallout 3 and New Vegas, like a lot of people came into the Fallout franchise enjoying the world and the game, those games and not all of them, but some of them went back and played the first ones that like the old school people really enjoyed and found enjoyment in those too. So like, I don't think it's going to leave like tons of new people, but every time it like the uh, tide comes in, there's just a few more people that stick around. Not everybody yeah. views that as a good thing, though. That's because they're gatekeepers and they suck. No, I find that I, to a degree, I find that to be a reductive argument. Like, I do agree that, like, you shouldn't, um, you shouldn't, like, you shouldn't, uh, like, there, there are people who, like, do that gatekeeping thing because they're, like, empty and they're, like, well, I just don't want anyone to like come into my interest because I'm like super self-protective of like this interest. If I actually loved this thing, I wouldn't be so possessive of it. 
but I kind of like, I'm more interested in it because of like driving subconscious personal reasons rather than like, I just enjoy this thing. But then I think there are other people and it's a very fine line. I do think there are other people where it's like, they kind of want to make sure that like the garden is like tended for, and they want to make sure that it doesn't like swell out of control. Cause I sometimes like these things don't need, these cultures don't need to go through this massive like boom and bust cycle. Like sometimes they can maybe just stay sort of level. I don't know. Maybe that's like pretentious to think so. And maybe Mm. it's sort of like impossible to stop something that people really enjoy from going through that whole journey. But I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily pretentious. I think you run a very fine line though, uh, between the, Hey, I think like between here's a critique of this that as is a result of the new interest in from other people versus, uh, it's not real star Wars, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a very good point. With all the new movies they made in the last five to seven years, I really like Solo. I liked Rogue One. I thought Force Awakens mm-hmm. was okay. I didn't like the Last Je- um, Last Jedi, and there, but there were a lot of people who were like, "It's new, so it's garbage." Yeah, and then to be fair too, there were a lot of other people who were like, "Oh my god, it's so different. It must be good." And it's like yeah. I find those people usually lie on the their two sides of the same coin. Like yes. I think. I think like with anything, you should be able to approach it with like a paradox in hand of like this thing is simultaneously like it's going to have great parts and bad parts, like good things and bad things. Like it's going to be pros and cons. Like just because you love something doesn't mean you can't like offer constructive critique. And just because you offer constructive critique, like it doesn't all have to be that. There's at least one good thing about it. Basically everything I think has some degree of value, something you can learn from it. And to like drift to either side too heavily i think you you start to get into sort of like a an imbalance like you need to be able to sort of like navigate that but um, so it should be perfectly no, balanced as all things, should, things be. should be <laughs> yes yes um well we got yeah. way off track <laughs> so all in all that's why the grinch featuring jim carrey is the best one it's <laughs> closed oh he said case closed i can't do anything about it now Yep. Oh my I'm god, to that's... To the Supreme I have one Christmas. What? Notice me. I have one Christmas, because my Grinch movie won. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> I thought you meant the number at first. I was like, what? No. Okay, you can have one, sure, as a treat. Dude, as he got us, dude. <laughs> you can have a little Christmas. Well, now it's... You know, it's it's John's world. We're all just living in it right now. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, my glass has his lit name on it. Everybody's just an NPC, including me. Wow, that's pretty humbling, actually. <laughs> I just realized that if you believe in a Judeo-Christian faith, that you are just an NPC in God's world. Yep. No, what? Wait, well... Hold on here. <laughs> I'm holding. <laughs> Hold on, like... We're listening, well, James. <laughs> I suppose, like, I guess in a sense, but at the same time, at the same time, isn't like, um, isn't the whole idea behind Christianity, the idea that everybody has like, Free like the whole Jesus. Well, that's the point of like the religion as a, as an entirety, like both Judaism and Christianity and even Islam to an extent. But like, 
is not the point of uh, Christianity. Like the whole subtext of the Jesus narrative is the idea that like anybody can do this. The idea that like everybody has the potential to like save the world, that we all do that in like our own way every day. And if we just sort of like worked towards bettering ourselves um, by kind of helping each other be better, then like, yes, we would live in heaven. But James, who programmed mm-hmm. that ineffable, ineffable plan? Uh, this is, this is fair. It's like, there is a divine just a, plan a in the works, James. but this would be like, um, the, whole, y- <laughs> <laughs> the most holy of the, uh, of the program of the languages. languages. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose so. But at the same time, no, cause it can't be like, you could, I guess in a way you're an NPC in or in a way, everyone is like half NPC, half like player or creator. So it's or World whatever, of Warcraft. I mean, <laughs> yeah, basically it's more like World of Warcraft. I would say we live in an MMO. <laughs> yeah, basically. Why do you think people true? <laughs> you just reminded me of a book, a book series I read back in high school. That was that. What? But it wasn't like living in the MMO. It was that literally an MMO controlled their global economy. Oh, and that so, seems like, like a bad idea. Yeah. And that's awesome so like you had they had to do work and stuff but then like also in your free time in the mmo you could like go on raids and things and trade the treasures you got on the mmo in because like they use the mmo currency as their global currency so if you could like get treasures in the raids you had real money <laughs> and it was this whole th- like revolution thing when they realized that like because they were like technically still in contact with earth earth wasn't there anymore earth was dead this colony was it <laughs> And so they wiped the uh, servers. And then they got it. The sequel was that there was a... Because the original was uh, fantasy, like, World of Warcraft kind of thing. And in wiping the servers, they got the new game from Earth. They were left over on the satellites above Earth. It was a sci-fi one. And it turned out the sci-fi one had fully functioning, intelligent, artificial intelligence that was not aware it was inside a game. Oh, that's Uh, awesome, actually. But the queen of the world in the game knew everything because it was like had access to outside the satellite and all that stuff and wanted to maintain its control and was going to trap all the people playing the game in the game as new subjects and upload their consciousnesses fair enough yep i'm sorry but ever like when you started talking about uh like a game game money being used for global currency all i could think of is like a family going to like a funeral home to arrange like for the service and like and they have to log into direct- Fortnite. <laughs> yeah i was literally thinking like, some videos. director being like all right uh so the service will be fifteen thousand v bucks Fortnite <laughs> bucks um no. i understand you don't have that <laughs> we'll go we, do get offer you a we do offer cremation <laughs> at a mere 500 v bucks um, <laughs> or you can go try to get a victory royale yeah. we'll we'll discuss terms there's a tournament coming up sponsored by alienware game differently hello everyone and welcome to the service our son Peace. was very dear to us but before we continue have you heard of hellofresh <laughs> <laughs> If you look under your chair, you will find a pair of Raycon earbuds. <laughs> so that you may better hear the service. With. <laughs> what's the... 
fuck what's the one um like online game that everybody plugs what is it raid shadow legends oh i was gonna go with um best fiends oh yeah best fiends popular as well i've really only heard that in the podcast space yeah it's a very podcast focused ad Mm -hmm. shall we move on to our next segment until we get sponsored by best fiends yeah, what guys, come on. <laughs> I always assumed it was saying beans or something. Um, best beans. Best beans. I'm like, that sounds like a, a game and a half right there. And I think because of that, they started adding in the, as part of the uh, ad copy, it's best friends without the R, best fiends. <laughs> mm. That's cute. Our next segment, Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Who would like to start? I got one. Do it. Fucking Do it. go, mate. Do it. Um, today, my recommendation... <laughs> <laughs> yes. One video game. <gasps> it is called Peglin. Peglin? Why do I know that? It's like Peggle, but uh, a roguelike. He plays this little goblin, mm. and you collect orbs. And you do the thing, and you win. Or die. One of the two. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but it's lots of fun. And, like, the relics it has. So it's kind of similar to Slay the Spire, if you're familiar with it, where you have, like, your orbs, which are basically, like, cards. They have their own effect um, when you hit the pegboard with them. And then you have your relics, which modify how your orbs work and, like, how you interact with the board. And just, like, the way it's set up, um, you can just get some real broken stuff, (laughs) like, fairly easily. So, it's it's got that that good roguelike itch where, sure, there's a little bit of a learning curve at front, but, like, once you know what you're doing, you can just... Is it... uh, (laughs) How how long is... Because I've heard... Doesn't Peggle... Peggle doesn't really have her... it, It didn't have a campaign right like it was just sort of but you could progress through different levels so is it kind of i guess structured like that or um it's more similar <laughs> it's honestly kind of similar to slay the spire again it's like a three-act okay. structure um mm-hmm. you go through you like path to different rooms on your way to the boss and then you fight a boss at the end of every act and then there are three acts and if you beat act three you win nice oh that's cool okay. and you can go up to the next difficulty level um but yeah, there's like forking paths. Um, there's like regular enemy combat. There's question mark rooms. There's shops. There's elites. Um, they got so Halo like, characters. Yeah. Oh boy. So you go to a chest. You can get a relic. If you go to the shop, you can get buy some relics. Um, nice. If you fight elites, you get a relic. If you beat the boss, you get a boss relic. So lots of relics. So, yeah, it's like you path to see what dangers you can deal with to try to get as strong as possible. So, like, wow. elites are harder, but you get better rewards for them. So hmm. it's like learning the balance of where to go. But then between each floor... What is this you, game? Um, it's Peglin. Like a Peglin uh, It's only 20 bucks on Steam. It's still in or- early access, but it, it's pretty polished. Like, I would buy it as a full game, and they just keep releasing updates. So Nice. Um, oh, this but, looks so cute. I love this, like, I love this artwork. Awesome. The music's really good too. Um, 
and then after every floor, you have to like shoot at the pegboard again to determine which way to go. So sometimes you can get unlucky and not go the way you want to go. Which is another fun twist. Oh my god, I love this. You should buy it. One of us. One Google of gobble. Us. We One of them. us. All right. You said it's only 20 bucks. I should. It's only 20 bucks. It's on Steam. You don't need a powerful computer to run it. Oh, oh perfect. We love um, system requirements. 2.0 gigahertz and 2 gigs of RAM. Oh, no. With 300 megabytes of available space and an integrated graphics card. I, d- I don't have 2 <laughs> gigabytes. I have 8. Oh, no. That's too many. What are oh, you no. going to do? <laughs> my, my frame rate's going to be astronomically high. How will no. I know what's going on? So yeah. yeah, how are you going to manage? Peglin. 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 EA Games. Challenge everything. Yeah, so <laughs> that is my recommendation for this week. Nice. James, you want to go or should I go? Uh, you can go, for I'm sure. I'm going to go. I'm going to recommend The Mask of Zorro. 1998 film. It has, oh and yes. I can't remember any of the fucking actors, even though everybody knows all of them. It's got Catherine Zeta-Jones. Mask of Zorro has ahem, Antonio Banderas uh, as the main character, Catherine Zeta-Jones as the love interest, Anthony Hopkins as the OG Zorro, and then... Not actually recognizing anybody else in there. But, very, very fun film. I know just based on what, like, I was told by my parents that when I was very, very young, like, toddler age, I loved the Zorro TV show. And the, so I was like, oh, you know what? It's got Antonio Banderas. It's got uh, Anthony Hopkins. I'll put it on. It's going to be good. And it was very good. Because it's literally all about uh, Zorro passing down the mask of Zorro. And training up a new Zorro to overthrow Injustice and do cool flips. Yeah. Uh, I like cool flips. Um, So, yeah, I mean, how are... So, big question with this one. How are the action sequences? The action sequences are pretty good. Um, It's very much a... They're very lively... And they make it a point of doing a little bit of a training montage and showing like, oh, here's the here's the Zorro cave where Zorro does his training. And Antonio Banderas is trained up by Anthony Hopkins. And then Antonio Banderas goes out and does the almost like parkour of jumping from building to building or doing um, like he'll use ropes and swing around them. And then, of course... The swinging around the ropes in the cave comes back later when they're on, like, on a crane that's, or, like, a platform that's being lifted up by a crane, and he avoids getting stabbed by swinging around the rope over the, out over the edge into open space and then back onto the crane platform. Uh, so, like, it's not, <laughs> it's not over the top, like, and it's not super, un- it's not, like, unrealistic, but it's very fun. And they also make it a point, too, of, like, Zoro not 
necessarily, like, getting away with shit in terms of, like, oh, the populace hides him and nothing happens. It's like, oh, you went to this church and the priest hid you, but you made it super obvious that he hid you. So the bad guys captured the priest and enslaved the priest in their mining camp. Good job. What I'm saying is Zoro well, has you give it. Okay, so it's not, so yeah, it's not totally like, uh, kind of, um, fantastical, I guess, no. but it, I could see it obviously having a very great swashbuckling, uh, sense to it. Absolutely swashbuckling, but in a very realistic sense. Well, buckle your swash. I would give it four out of five stars. Dang. The things holding it back are A, it's, I mean, it's a little old, so, like, you kind of just got to get over the fact of, like, Anthony Hopkins being Spanish. And then also get over the uh, fact that, be for whatever reason, they decided it needed a sequel in 2005. And I don't know if I'm going to watch a sequel, because the sequel is set a few years in the future, when Antonio Banderas' character has a child... And that child is learning to be Zoro at his father's knee, but also Antonio Banderas is being too much Zoro and not paying enough attention to his family. And it's kind of like, okay, we don't... Do we need that? I don't know if we needed that. I think 2005 needed that. <laughs> yeah, they're going through a lot back then. <laughs> Fair. But yeah, Mask of Zoro. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. Oh, hell yeah. Ooh. Absolutely. Fun for the whole family. Except for the children. There's a... <laughs> there is actually a very... There is a scene that is enjoyable, but also kind of like... I don't. I feel a little guilty enjoying this, where uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones' character encounters Zorro in the stables and uh, tries to like stop him from leaving because she thinks she's the daughter of the bad guy. And so she, like, takes him out in a sword fight, and he, um, he disarms her by cutting the top of her dress off. Ah. They don't show anything, but it was still kind of like, hmm. I mean, you're a womanizer, Gazoro, but, like, I don't know, dude. Being in 2022, this seems a l <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this. That's pretty cringe, Zoro. <laughs> On the one hand, it was a pretty funny, like, fight scene. <laughs> and pretty swashbuckler. On the other. I disagree. What the fuck did you say, James? I, I said I disagree. I actually think that's pretty based. <laughs> I think... Uh, pretty based. Pretty based, pretty based Zoro move. James, get the fuck off my podcast. How <laughs> about using your, your natural environment to your benefit in sword play? If I've learned anything from my extensive years as a combat master, and that sounds like an A-plus classy move. So... Um, Right, yeah, what was I saying? Oh, that's a great question. I have, I have a book that came out a while ago, um, a few years ago, and uh, it was made into a movie that came out. I think either this year or last year. Um, it's called "Where the Crawdads Sing." Oh, that movie is so good. I've heard it is one of the best uh, movie to book adaptations. Uh, that people have seen. Uh, I recommended told me it back that. in like, September. Did you really? The movie? Yeah. Oh, you did. Oh, you did. I forgot about this. Well, I am going to recommend the book. 
Um, I actually enjoyed this one quite a bit. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I thought there were many scenes in it that were pretty rendered pretty beautifully. I think it is a, a very um, kind of accessible but still vibrant uh, uh, piece. And I found it quite endearing. It's got a very um, innocent beauty to it that is sort of hard to not, uh, not fall into. I've powered through this book in like about a day. Uh, so I, I would recommend this. Um, it's not going to like hit for everybody. Uh, there, you know, um, it's kind of a, kind of a simple story, but it is one that is very honestly told. And I found that, uh, rather enjoyable and refreshing. So did you see the film? I have not. I've only read the book. I know that, uh, Daisy Edgar Jones is in it. Uh, and I know that she's, I've seen a few clips the show normal people i know she's in that one but um i just finished yeah that show is it good normal people it is um it's a little graphic there's many depictions of sex oh. um cool but it's a it's a fun little series about you know sex and mental health struggles and yeah and sex. The Irish countryside and and sex. Um, <laughs> they uh, it's kind of interesting how they tell the story. I was thinking about recommending it this week because um, it kind of I don't know. Maybe we should save it for a different week. We'll save but, it for next week. Yeah, yeah go for it. But uh, this, wh- what just is it? Finished on? it. Sounds like a good way to finish the year. You know. Yeah. Um. It's on Hulu. It's, uh, I think it's only like 12 episodes. Oh, nice. Might even be fewer than that. But it it was very good. Cool. It was just uh, emotionally painful to watch sometimes because they deal with some heavy stuff. That reminds me of something that I've been meaning to watch that was recommended to me um, on Mm -hmm. Netflix. The show From Scratch. That, according to one of my coworkers, I'm quoting this, crushes your soul. What is the basic premise? A woman goes to Italy, I think, and falls in love with a baker. Oh, cute. Oh, it's got Zoe Saldana in it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, Going back to where the crawdads sing, though, though, your Mm -hmm. description, James, lined up perfectly with the movie in terms of the, like, beautiful, peaceful aspects of, mm-hmm. like, the m- movie did such a good job getting these shots of the bayou and the nature and life just doing its thing. And so despite the movie being what it is of, I mean, it's a, technically a murder mystery, but at the same time, and, like, it's a murder mystery and depicting the horrendous backstory of this poor girl who had to live out in the bayou alone. But the... It was spaced out enough and paced well enough that it never got, like, super anxiety-inducing tense. It was just like, oh man, I wonder if it's going to work out. You know? Yeah, yeah. it's surprisingly, um, 
it's surprisingly engrossing. I'm not going to lie. I very much thought, um, I thought that this was going to be sort of a, a pretty, um, I, yeah, kind of like a milk toast sort of like summer beach book read. Um, <laughs> I was surprised to find, uh, its depth. So you weren't uh, aware it was pleasant. a murder mystery, were you? I knew for some reason for, I think I, I think I expressed this back in September when you were talking about it. I think for some reason I thought for a moment, it was like about some girl who had like supernatural powers living out in the bayou and about her relationship to, to this, uh, to this town. Um, I I don't know why I thought that, but I, I learned the trailers. It's like her hiding underwater and stuff. Like, yeah, I thought it was very much like, oh, it's like they're she's one with nature, and they're taking that to like a sort of uh, elevated, you know, a high concept thing. Um, but I, I think I remember hearing notes that it was a murder mystery. Um, it was one of those where, as I was like reading the beginning pages, where the scene gets kind of laid out, I was like not surprised to find it be a murder mystery. I was, however, surprised at how. It integrated. I thought that it was done. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was again like kind of pleasantly surprised at how it was done. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, what do we want to do for our next segment? Do we want to do rework, rewrite, or do you want to do how to be a better buddy? Keeping in mind, we've got about twenty minutes. Hmm. hmm. Were we amusing about before the show? Oh yeah, yeah. Back to the Future Back parody, the future parody. and how future you can't parody it, parody it because of Rick and Morty now. Could we somehow combine Back to the Future and the Grinch? Back to the Grinch. The Grinch. So, the Grinch after <laughs> saving Whoville is visited by his future self, who informs him that he has to become the Grinch again and go back to hating Christmas. Otherwise, it's the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> and the Grinch of Christmas future. The Grinch of Christmas future has to go back and re-Grinchify himself in order to save future Christmases. One year from that day, on Christmas, the world ends because he wasn't able to be his Grinchy self and steal Christmas. Hmm. Why aren't you on board with this already, James? I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm considering. I was thinking more like here's here's what it is. Told, it, it gets to the future, and he finds out that because he gets in on the Christmas spirit, he's got too much Christmas spirit. Because remember, his heart started off two sizes too small, and it grew three sizes that day, so it got extra big, which means extra Christmas spirit. And he went too far in the Christmas decorations. And his added Christmas decorations on top of everyone else's Christmas enthusiasm and decorations overloaded the power grid and set the nuclear reactor off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah, it's sort of a T2. I'm getting a T Terminator 2 flash prophetic forward to the future where he's uh, watching a nuclear bomb go off. (laughs) Yeah. Watches everybody get vaporized. Um all right. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Because he lives on the mountain. <laughs> you know, he lives in the mountain, so, like, he could burrow deep into the mountain and protect himself from the nuclear blast, and he saved a f- as many of the Who's as he could, but there- it wasn't enough. And, like, using their Who knowledge and Who abilities and Who mining a- 
pickaxes. <laughs> they construct a time machine and send, but they can only send one person back before it blows up and kills everyone else. So they send the Grinch back to re-Grinchify himself. And it becomes a Grinch versus In- Grinch. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not totally sold on this. I was thinking more of like a like a Doc Brown type guy, but he's Grinch like and he is uh he goes back in time or builds a time machine for some Christmas purpose. That was more where I was going with it. But Question. I do like the idea of the Grinch trying to pre- trying to <laughs> prevent a nuclear holocaust <laughs> on Christmas Day. I do actually like that quite a bit. The, the image is stuck in my brain. I'm not gonna lie. That's um that's pretty good. Yeah, like uh, I'm just picturing well, now Horton. Here's a here's a who, and flash forwards to like it's that Christmas, and Horton has the like. Whoville like plant sitting in his nest and here's just a little <laughs> as the nuclear plant goes off <laughs> yeah like a little puff I okay 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 here's the thing okay I, I actually kind of do like this um I don't think the Grinch should have to go back I think it should be um I think it should be flash forward flash forward 20 years okay and the Grinch um, realizes this. He has like a vision or he has something that occurs to him. Um, he withdraws like he's been working on something. Maybe he's been working on it to go back to that day for like whatever reason. Like who knows like why he was working on this, this like time machine. He becomes injured um, after realizing what is going to happen um and cindy lou who now now older has to go back and prevent her who is now her like so this is like the doc brown and the marty relationship so like but her it's mentor. like the, she has to go back yeah, in time to get her yes. mentor yes and of course she can't reveal anything about the future well, to mess up the yeah. timeline so like you've got that weird <clears throat> i don't know why they ever do this in movies but that weird thing where it's like the audience knows who she is, but the character doesn't know and thinks is like starting to get the hots for her. And it's like, dude, you know, this is Luke and Leia territory. Don't do that. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's like he, well, he, and it's funny too, because it would be like, um, like he is sending her back to like, like believing that the only way to save like Whoville in the present is instead of making his life better is making his life worse, which is obviously a source of conflict for Cindy Lou, who, who's been like his, one of his closest friends. And like, again, like he's, he's like her mentor. Yeah, exactly. And he like the whole idea, like it's better for me to like suffer alone than it is for everyone to like suffer because of me. Um, and uh, she goes back to like either the day, de- that day of, the Christmas thing or like a week before or something. And we follow her trying Question. to prevent this. Yes. Can we merge these ideas another step further? And it may be too much. So call me out if it is, but mm-hmm. we get a doc, we get another doc Brown Grinch, but he's from like a hundred years in the future where there is a thriving Grinch society and their timeline is at risk because the Grinch is messing with the timeline. And if he, makes himself miserable again, he will wipe out a Grinchtopia. 
Ah, a citadel of Grinches, if it were. <laughs> yes, the citadel of Grinches. Oh, uh, I love that. Yes, I think I think that is the, the multiverse of um, Grinchmas, if you will. That is that is the second that is the second act twist. That is the wrinkle thrown in uh, in the second act. Is uh, she stumbles into? Let's say she stumbles into either that Grinch or um, uh, that Grinch's uh, apprentice um, who is uh, like, that could be a potential love interest, right? And uh, question: I don't know how, yes. Is it a step too far that the Grinches and Whos have formed a symbiotic society where each Grinch must have a Who? <laughs> Well, now this is just turning into Rick and Morty, but the Grinch. <laughs> it's convergent evolution. Which, Everything just uh, becomes Rick and Morty. <laughs> I actually, I kind of love this, honestly. I think this is very, this is very funny. I think we may have stumbled so onto something even better than Rick and Morty, in all honesty. Um, <laughs> it's um, the funniest shit I've ever seen. It's Rick and Morty, but he's a Grinch. But he's a Grinch. He turned himself into a Grinch. <laughs> I fucking hate myself. <laughs> Why have I done this? I did it, buddy. I'm Grinch Rick. I'm Grinch Rick. <laughs> oh, Dan Harmon, if you pull a Grinch Rick, we know where you stole it from. <laughs> This is an original thought. Nobody has had TM, this conversation TM, 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 TM. anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Patent pending, all you listeners. Copyright. This is our idea. Can you imagine submitting a, a patent to the U.S. fan <laughs> office where the description is like literally like the Rick and Morty, but it's the Grinch? <laughs> An official government form. <laughs> we could... We can uh, find a copyright for for Grinchel Rick. Uh, <laughs> Should we do that? How much do patents cost? Oh, How do I get the copyright? It's, it's like eighty dollars. Oh, it's worth it. No oh question. my copyright oh my cost. God. Hang on. God, that's so funny. If I do this, oh. we have to write this film. Yeah, US, absolutely. US copyright office. Registration. Registration of a claim. You have to have the thing is um, you have to submit a work. You have to submit a work though. I think. Uh, well, hang on. Okay. Well in that case we call dibs everybody. Yeah. We call dibs. You gotta respect yeah. it. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Justin Harmon, you can't have this. Yeah. Justin Dan Harmon. Yeah, you and listen. Justin Royland. Mr. Harmon, Mr. Royland, you hear us? This is ours now. This is ours. We've done exactly what you did to your thing, except we did it to wait. Uh, <laughs> wait a second. Wait, <laughs> we we did to your thing what you did to another thing. We're so much. We're we're going deep down. This is Inception. So yeah. then you can't like, make a parody of Rick and Morty without it being a parody of the Grinch Rick and Morty. Yes, perfect. <laughs> this is how we come out on top. <laughs> This is how I win. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. He, and then he turns himself into the Grinch. Funniest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> um. 
<laughs> it's really just a sequel Let's to Rick see. and Morty. It's well, the Rick and Morty it's was thirty-five a to fifty-five to dollars if we do it ourselves. How many? Uh, fifty-five for most applications, or thirty-five if your application has one author and the author is also the owner, and you are just registering a single work, not a collection, and it was not a work made for hire. Oh. Create an online account, start a new claim, oh. fill in the form. A lot of caveats. <laughs> pay the government <clears throat> fee. Upload a copy of your copyrighted work. Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, Quick. you need a... Put a Word document together. Hurry. That just says I'm... <laughs> I'm Grinchel Rick! Grinchel Rick! Oh, fuck. Oh, man. That's actually... Okay, so I love this. So right now, the plot line is this. The Grinch, uh, 20 years in the future, the Grinch realizes somehow that he... Uh, or maybe he has realized along the, along the way... That uh, he is going to the the levels of Christmas cheer are rising to dangerous levels in Whoville every year, does, and the only way does it become a very thinly veiled environmentalism story about the dangerous levels of Christmas cheer in the air? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the carbon. It's the carbon in the air. <laughs> um, if you examine this I, air, these air molecules in a vacuum, you can see that uh, stamped on the side of each molecule, there's a Christmas tree. <laughs> it's the Christmas cheer infecting our air. The atmosphere, it's mutating. <laughs> Haven't you noticed that we can't even have a Halloween anymore? Easter was out five I'm... years ago. Soon every day will be Christmas, and then there will be no more days. Only Christmas. And Time then, is slowing after down. that, who knows? What does a post-Christmas then... world look like? If every day is Christmas, <laughs> is any day Christmas? These are the questions we need to ask, but never an find the answers. <laughs> we only use them to get government funding. <laughs> <laughs> I would be stoked, but what will I wear? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I... Okay. Believe me, Cindy, okay. I love Christmas as much as the next Grinch. But if we continue with the rate we're currently going, there won't be a Christmas. <laughs> so, so he realizes this, right? Yeah. He he's been working on a time machine. Something goes wrong. He gets injured somehow. Yes. He can't go back and do this himself because he was going to just disappear and and make nothing about it. He gets injured. Cindy has to go in his place. She has to. She's going back somewhat conflicted because she has her mission is to basically ruin her her mentor her mentor and close friends life and basically make sure that he's ostracized forever uh having conflicts with this midway through um in her going back she encounters another person who's been sent back by a grinch even further in the future who has been sent back to stop uh that like her from carrying out uh, the mission. Yes. So the question is, is where does the conflict now arise? Because they basically, she has no reason not to, um, Ooh. right. Idea. So, uh-huh. Okay. So current, cause currently she has no conflict, right? Because like once she finds out like, Oh, turns out everything's fine. And, we, if mm -hmm. we ruin his life, it destroys the future timeline even further ahead where everything's idyllic. Um, mm -hmm. But 
in that timeline, we currently have it established, because I'm continuing off all current things we've said, that the Who's become symbiotic to the Grinches. Mm-hmm. And it essentially became, makes them a slave race. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> and so that's that's the thing, is like she's like, I know this is an idyllic world for the most part, but for whatever reason there's slavery there. It's basically enslavement. Like, everybody's happy. No one's actually enslaved. They just have to like live together and continue to live together as one society and never get too far from any other form of the one or the other. Like the species can't separate too far apart from any other member of the species. So they kind of have mm-hmm. like set li- living radius until the population expands to X amount to expand the radius of survivability. But Cindy Lou Who's an independent young woman. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the fact that she's already created a symbiotic relationship with her mentor in <laughs> the fact that they are two people who should not be friends yet somehow are. Oh, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, I have an idea. Hit me. I have an idea. Could it instead be that they discover that the rising levels, the dangerous levels of Christmas cheer are, and they already kind of do this in the original, in the live action Jim Carrey movie, like that becomes sort of the point of the movie, right? Is that the Who's have like forgotten Christmas and that they're just obsessed with like who has the biggest lights display and like the tree and like all the presents and all that stuff. Like they've forgotten the whole point. So God, I hate do that. they go, do they, does, does he come back? Does this like other apprentice, he's come back because like, even though they've saved, like it ends up getting saved. The problem is, uh, is that there's, there's no this, um, spirit. they're too good. There's it's, yeah, it's completely well. It's been drained and completely because even though they saved it, like that wasn't what was like causing like an even bigger problem emerges where it's like by uh, saving f- the future and destroying the Grinch's Christmas spirits so that it doesn't overload. The Who's forget Christmas completely and it n- ceases to exist. And it just, like, are you saying, like, it doesn't happen? or becomes, Yeah, like, like the, the traditions fade out where they just don't do it anymore. Christmas, they don't, they don't understand. There is no significance. There, there's no decorations. There's no presents. There's no feasts. There's no anything. It just fades out completely. Fewer and fewer people celebrate the holiday until there is no holiday. But then, this one young oh. Grinch, discovering oh. his great-great-great-grandfather's time machine and historical records, learns about Christmas and the joy it brings and decides that he needs to save Christmas. Yeah, I love that. So giving him a reason to come back and save the Grinch while her purpose is to... um, And maybe it's instead of, like, them coming from the same line, is it, like, like parallel or, like, an alternate timeline, basically? Oh, by her going back in time, she fucked it up. Yeah, so he comes from, like, an alternate timeline where, because he's... He, he comes from the timeline okay. where she succeeds. Yeah. Yeah. So they're alive, but at what cost? <laughs> Interesting. So then they have to, what do they do then? For John, do you have line. any thoughts on this? Um, not really. I'm just <laughs> thinking it's like, I'm along for the ride, man. <laughs> John's trying to protect his brain from the absolute garbage I'm spewing out. I'm uh, comparing it to like future drunks from Dragon Ball Z coming back, and 
You win stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just it. I think it, I think we the the three of them find that out and stand there like, what do we do? And then cut to the point where Cindy Lou Who went back in time, and out of the shadow steps Cindy Lou Who, and the P- Grinch from further along the timeline. And it turns out they just stayed there and lived there, and by doing so, altered time into a third time stream where everything was a okay. Oh my god! out. Suck it. <laughs> Copped out. Just ended on a cliffhanger. Don't explain what happens. Yeah, we just get really morbid with it of, well, now they're both stuck in the past and there is no future. They've ruined both of them. And they make a new everyone one. Everyone will die. There's nothing they can oh do to gosh. stop it. We can't do that. No. <laughs> they shouldn't or have messed with time travel. You could. It's your lesson. You could end it where it's like in I was gonna say where the future is like indeterminate, where they like they end up doing something that by so many people coming back to try to fix stuff, like it's not like they fuck it up, but it's more just like they don't know what's gonna happen. Like for oh fuck, no, that's like lame. Um, we gotta end on the Christmas variables. We do. We do need to end. We gotta. We gotta. Here's what it is. I think I've got it. I think I've cracked it. So. The, okay. the, the story is of the Grinch, right? And But mm-hmm. as the story goes on, it shifts focus away from the Grinch towards these two competing time travelers until the Grinch mm-hmm. re-enters the narrative. He's his own independent, mm-hmm. autonomous individual who can make decisions about his own life. And mm-hmm. he talks them through it of like, guys, 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 this isn't what Christmas is about. Christmas is about enjoying your friends and family and the time you have with them and the joy you take in each other's company, and the ability to share the joy with them, and the ability to share what you have with them to bring them joy. You're you're not you're not in the Christmas spirit. You're you are the Grinches. You in trying to save Christmas, you've become the thing that destroys it. Yeah, in trying to make it the best thing ever, you failed to see what it's actually about, which is far more simple. All right, I'm not entirely opposed to this idea. And they all sing uh, the Whoville song. And they stay for one last Christmas. Wait, sorry. I, and then I, the I, sun I... explodes. Boom. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Wait, what was it? Wait, what, RJ, I missed, I missed what, you, what you said. What so did you say? So they stay and sing the Whoville song and have one last Christmas, and then the nuclear reactor goes off. And oh the my god! Hits. <laughs> and then the sun like John originally said. <laughs> it's basically just the ending of "Don't Look Up," but yeah, at the end of this movie, dang, with no build up to it at all, it just happens. I almost kind of like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, is that bad that I kind of like that? <laughs> yeah, that would be a very unsatisfying movie to watch. It <laughs> It would. First, you have time travel in a Christmas movie, which already <laughs> seems like kind of a bad idea. <laughs> and hey, then it Chucky just D ends by it. everybody dying. <laughs> Pretty nihilistic. <laughs> that it's like Santa can deliver all the presents in the world because there's nobody left to deliver to. 
Oh, wait a minute. We missed the obvious thing. Okay, okay, okay. So, <clears throat> so this is what's happened. Um, the, uh, 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 the, the, let's say there's a guy in, um, Nebraska. What is it? No, there's, there's a guy in Whoville, like some business owner dude, right? And in the original timeline, he's, uh, like in the timeline city who's coming from, he's like, uh, he's like the average, like business owner. Like he's just like a decent little dude or whatever. In the past, he's like a struggling guy and he like maybe he has this like mean streak in him and he discovers right like the time machine or something basically the whole plot that he becomes like the he becomes the... <laughs> no <laughs> sorry no <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> no, no, he like, um, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. Um, I don't know how to crack this nut. Um, hmm. maybe, um, maybe it doesn't need to be cracked. Uh, maybe not. Maybe no, damn it. already gone too far. <laughs> I'm going to fight God. <laughs> Maybe God is telling us no. No, <laughs> I believe. To, I believe in heaven Christmas. because he is afraid of what he's created. <laughs> I will step into Whoville, and I think I've got it, James. That's the problem, okay. isn't it? We're thinking too small. Much like Whoville is very small, we have oh. to think bigger. Okay. <laughs> we have to go multiversal. The Christmas verse is in danger. All Christmas movies are at stake, and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer comes through a wizard's portal to recruit the time travelers and the Grinch to save Christmas. That's yeah, a concept. The, um, the adventures. They go through the portal with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer just as a wave of anti-Christmas washes over Whoville and erasing it from reality. Just the fucking stupidest. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Look, it oh, works for Marvel, so okay? <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. Um, if it works for <clears throat> fucking Disney, it works for our stupid ass idea. <laughs> <laughs> I. Okay. Okay, hold on. Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and backtrack this one more time, then. If it, this doesn't work this time, I'll drop it. I promise. Um, I think it's, it's the middle thing that we're coming to, right? So it's like Cindy Lou who's back there. She's trying to. Trying to get the Grinch to uh, to go back to get him to leave, uh, uh, just stay away. Um, meanwhile, uh, this other guy is trying to get him to return because they need uh, his time. That's what that's what he needs. Um, when she figures out that that's what he's doing, they have to team up. Um, or is it funnier if they? why don't you like my multiversal christmas idea i like it <laughs> I like, why don't you want chris rudolph the red-nosed reindeer from those stop motion films to just step through a portal and save them we just do the time heist from endgame but it's really santa delivering presents yeah exactly yeah oh i see i see the only I way see. he can do it 
through time. Yeah, time travel. Santa's the Sorcerer Supreme. He's got the Time Stone. Uh, actually, canonically, Santa is the most powerful mutant in existence. <laughs> That's uh, Marvel, Marvel canon. Never change. They've had multiple encounters with mutant Santa Claus, and he's so powerful that he just kind of fucks around and is Santa. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. He popped up on Cerebro once, and they're like, holy fuck, who the fuck is that? It's going to the North Pole. And then more recently, the Spider-Man confirmed again that, like, eh, it's okay, Santa's a mutant, he'll be fine. Alright, okay. this was a successful episode. I Well, even if we didn't necessarily get a full movie, at least we got a great TV show out of it, I will say. So, uh, we got a that's great something. franchise out of it. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, we did. And we looped back around to my original Grinchiverse. <laughs> Grinchiverse of Madness. <laughs> of which the Jim Carrey one is the best one. <laughs> as we've determined. Yep. John B. Yeah, B. I gotta give that. Yep. Dude, I can't believe it. Well, that's precedent. It's in the Constitution. All right. God fucking damn it. (laughs) (laughs) You think God stays in heaven because he too hates the Jim Carrey Grinch movie? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you both for joining this week. This, This was fun. Of course. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're also on social media. Our Facebook is Better Buddies, where we post meme Mondays. Our Twitter account is at BetterBudcast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tweet about the show. And our Gmail account is betterbuddiescast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, your own personal Grinch sona, icebreakers you want us to answer, or questions you need advice on. And last but not least, be a better buddy. Hey, John. That isn't the mood. Hey. What's good, my man? I have... What? I freed up 1.55 gigs of RAM, and it triggered an alarm. Oh, oh my God. The RAM is loose. It's loose in the house. It's the RAM. <laughs> There's 1.5 gigawatts of RAM. Oh, it's God. In... Marty, it's in the walls, Marty. I can hear it. They're in the walls, <laughs> Marty. The Libyans, they're in the walls. No. <laughs> Tear up marty, the walls I, marty not, drive the door straight through the garage marty i'm not a good person marty <laughs> marty have you ever done black tar heroin marty <laughs> marty <laughs> marty you gotta help Listen, me out you don't get targeted by libyan paramilitary groups unless you've done some really bad shit marty and i have marty i have <laughs> marty you know about the uh, piracy issue they have down off the nigerian coast not anymore, you don't. <laughs> <laughs>